went to MCU Rewatch, your road to Marvel's Avengers Endgame. I am your host, Mark Turcotte, and joining me for this episode, as always, Paris Lilly. Paris, what's up, man? My second favorite MCU movie. Oh, Let's do it. Really? Oh, second yep. favorite. Wow, did not know that. All right, all right. We'll talk about it here in a minute. Here, this uh, the third man rounding us out here in our trio. Swain, Swain, what's up, man? Hi. <laughs> no, I, I, I wanna. You're gonna put me on the spot here, Paris. I don't think it's my second. I don't know. It's up there. This is a really good movie. So yeah, it's really, really good. Yeah, so if you guys haven't caught wind here, we are talking about Guardians of the Galaxy here on this episode. And, you know, it's funny. Now I think we're going to get to the point where every episode, as we're rewatching these movies, like, they're they're just going to start moving up the ranks, I think, for each of us. Like I mentioned on the last episode, like, Winter Soldier, every time I watch that movie, it just, again, is my favorite movie. But watching Guardians this time, I'm not going to put it number two. But it, it definitely moved right up there. And I think part of it is because Guardians is just, it's a fun movie right there's mm-hmm. so so much just fun in this movie it, it's got action it's got comedy and I, you know i think on the last episode swain you kind of said like marvel was willing almost to take a risk here this movie is unlike really any superhero movie i've almost ever seen up to this point you know you, we've never really seen heroes presented this way being silly and almost self-aware i think i don't know what, what, what are your thoughts guys i think on, on this movie Without question, it is the funniest uh, MCU movie, without a doubt. I mean, I don't think I've laughed that much in the theater in a long time <laughs> when I when I saw that. It was just, it was perfect, man. The soundtrack, just the cast that they got, just the quirky, who, okay, let's put it this way. Who would have thought a talking tree and a raccoon yeah. would... Voiced by, voiced Bradley by... Bradley Cooper. Yeah, Bradley, Bradley Cooper. Cooper. And- Vin Diesel. And Vin, Vin Diesel <laughs> would have, you know, would, you would attach to those characters. You would care about those characters. I mean, it, it was great. Well, I mean, what movie, what superhero movie would have one of the main characters be a very strong person, you know, like a muscle of the group and have that person not be Vin Diesel? You know, like and Vin Diesel yeah. is the voice <laughs> of the tree, right? Like that's yeah. just a silly, yep. a silly concept. And really, I remember when they announced Guardians of the Galaxy, everybody just kind of being like, what okay yeah like, i was like All really right, like we'll you're see. gonna because yeah. guardians is an old old i mean it's a group from i think like the 70s and they didn't really do much with them back then and then they kind of rebooted them with kind of the cast that's here and there's you know been a couple faces that came in and out but when they said they were doing that i was like what but in the grand scheme now especially rewatching it it just makes sense it was the, it really is the perfect entryway into the galaxy that is the Marvel cinema, not cinematic, but just the Marvel galactic galactic, you know, galaxy that's out there. I think I had said at the time and, and now I can't remember the timeline of it. Did Disney acquire star Wars at that point? Did they own it? Hmm. I can't remember because I I remember at the time after seeing this, I go, this is the new star Wars. I go, star Lord is the new Han Solo. 2014. Yeah. I'm coughing over here guys. I'm dying. Uh, keep talking keep talking <laughs> no 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 but but yeah i just remembered a- after seeing that movie just thinking this is the new star wars They're, they've they've captured that magic that i i had as a kid watching the adventures of luke skywalker and han solo and all that and and i could relate to it in that sense and for my kids it absolutely was because this was their generation star wars for sure the way that they portrayed th- this first movie like i said you had the action you had the comedy you know you had the space battles just 
everything that you could have asked for was wrapped up in this this movie. I, again, I, I freaking loved it. Yeah. I think you mentioned the soundtrack. I think that's one of the things that like immediately yes. kind of hits you, you know, because it's that first scene where you see him go into that vault. And he just starts dancing and, you know, he's, he's you know, kicking the little rodents of that. And, like, in that moment, you know, this is this movie's different. You know, we, we have not seen anything like this in, in any of these movies. Um, and, and then it just takes off from there, you know. I, I think – and, you know, I think what's neat, too, with this is the fact that they put the names of the planets kind of on the left. You know, so they found a great way yeah. to have you jumping around to all these different locations and just had it all just kind of make sense. You know? There's like brief moments of like uh, uh, storytelling to give you an idea of what the planet's about. Like they don't really get into it too much. There's not a ton of lore, but they'll be like, this is Xandar. And then there'll be a quick scene with like Xandar showing like it's beautiful. It's got a lot of like, you know, uh, life on it. But they're, then they go into like, oh, but they have a feud with the Kree. And then they'll show that quick like moment. And this is like telling you just little story bits like about that universe without getting into like too deep into it. Yeah. Agreed. Um, you know, I think this movie also is is when we've talked about this in some of the other episodes, but about perfect casting. I mean, we mentioned obviously, you know, <laughs> yeah. Vin Diesel. I mean, Bradley Cooper as Rocket is just I mean, when you hear him, I don't you don't really hear Bradley Cooper. I no. don't think when you hear him. But have you watched video of him doing the voice? Yeah, uh, I've, I've I seen have. It, yeah. I mean, it's, he gets it's great. Into it. Yeah, when yeah. you watch it, it, it's just awesome seeing him actually do it. But it, perfect casting. I mean, obviously, um, you know, Chris Pratt. I mean, you you couldn't really ask for anybody. I think better to play Star Lord. I mean, that's perfect. Um, you know, I they just they nail it again. It's like they they just have a knack of casting the perfect people in these roles. And I mean, we say that now, kind of in hindsight, when you go back and you know you couldn't picture anybody else playing these characters. But I mean, really, it's just. This this movie almost more than any of them, like you immediately are, are just attached to these characters, just for who they are. You know, they just immediately come off, and uh, the humor is there. Like I said, right from the get go in that first scene. Um, what else? I you mean, know, what else? you you know one of one one of the best scenes for me in, in the movie was again with the soundtrack, the way that James Gunn used the soundtrack to set things up, because you know you you. Figured you'd have, oh, we're going to have the cliche romance between Star-Lord and Gamora, right? And you have that that scene where he he um, is talking to her and then fooled around and fell in love is playing. So you're like, here it is. Here we go. Yeah. And then she catches herself and was like, no, and freaking hits Pulls him and it. pushes him away. I was like, dude, it's perfect. Perfect. Yep. Perfect that they did that. She I, says, I, she's I, like, I, I know that. who you are, Peter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's freaking great. But – Another thing in this, I mean, obviously we're talking about about the Guardians themselves. This is our, in my opinion, our first real real introduction to Thanos. Oh yeah, w was was this movie? You know, obviously uh, Ronan the Accuser, the Power Stone, which is what you know Peter Quill was going after uh, at the very beginning of the movie to get, and he was getting it, you know, to sell it to what to the collector, right? That's what yeah, was yeah. he going to the collector? Because no, 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 he wasn't Wait, who? going to collector. Uh, Star Lord. He was selling it to someone else. Well, he went to the and, guy that was on yeah, Xandar, right? Like just the exactly like the store, yeah. the shopkeeper guy, whoever he is. 
Yeah, and then that's when we're introduced to to Rocket and Groot, and then obviously Gamora shows up, and then every, Which is everything a great takes scene, off from by there. The way. I mean, that's, yeah. that's kind of when the whole cast kind of comes together, and it's just just a classic scene of him going out. Yeah. And, you know, they're all fighting and kind of just basically in public. You see Rocket and Groot because that's really our first introduction, really, to them outside of yeah. I think what Rocket's kind of panning around the crowd and just kind of looking it's through that Stan little... Lee cameo. Yeah, yeah, Stan Lee cameo. Yeah, awesome, McCree. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Um, and then, you know, of course they go to prison and that's when we see, uh, Batista as Drax for the first time. And I think, I mean, he totally, when you watch the, I remember watching the trailers for the movie and like, he didn't really come across to me really that he was going to be a comedic character so much, but, and like, really, I mean, the way he talks, he's not really trying to be funny so much in this movie. It's just his, just, he's deliberate in everything that he says, and he's very matter-of-fact. And, like, that is where his humor comes from. And the writing for his character is it's, it's stellar, man. And, and the way Batista pulls it off is just perfect. I Stole the show, in my opinion. Yeah. Because, like yeah. you said, we, we didn't see it coming. Or, like, no. oh, my God, Dave Batista's awesome. <laughs> he's funny. <laughs> they yep. really lean into it uh, a little bit more in uh, Volume 2. Oh, definitely, uh, man. With, like, yep. him being intentionally funny by using his, like, Sark sarcasm and whatnot lack or lack of sarcasm in there (laughs) um but this one you can see that he's like he's just like i've played this guy before but now i get to play it with like and just be funny about it and not have to like worry worry about how you know tough i am i can look tough but i don't have to be tough yep uh i think michael rooker is awesome. I mean, he, oh, yeah. you know, he's just Great. a slime ball in this movie, but just the way he, again, his acting is just, just perfect. Um, what do you think of, I mean, you mentioned Thanos and then, I mean, you know, this is kind of where we get the introduction, of course, even to Nebula and then even kind of Gamora, kind of the relationship they have. And obviously that pulls through uh, not only this volume, but volume two. And then of course into, um, infinity war. Um, what do you think? I think just, just kind of, of, I guess their relationship and then compared to their father, you know, who, you know, well, I say, quote unquote, father, who we, we know that, you know, one necessarily isn't exactly the daughter. But um, what do you think? I mean, they, they plant the seeds here moving forward and how that, I guess, continues on through the through the next few movies. Well, they they immediately set up that Gamora is his favorite. I think he even he, yeah, he says it right in front of Nebula yeah. uh, that, you know, you've you've upset my my favorite daughter, Gamora, something like that. So they're already planting that seed that, that we're going to get later on in Infinity War that, yeah, Thanos really does care that much about Gamora. And he's constantly pitting Nebula and her against each other, you know, to basically win his favor. And this obviously has made Nebula resent him greatly. And for whatever, I guess they never explained why she was working with or for Ronan no, at that point. Don't. What did that Thanos assign her? to him or whatever the case they may be. kind of hit on that, like, he's been lent, uh, he's, he lent out, you know, uh, the daughters of Thanos to, yeah. to him yeah. to kind of accomplish this thing. Um, and Thanos does a lot of sitting around yeah. for most yeah, of the MCU. <laughs> yep. And it's like, yeah, yeah, come on, man. Get off, you could, you slap the Hulk around in Infinity War. Get off your, your butt and yeah. get out there and get the, uh, you probably could have done it a lot faster, Thanos. Do Do you think? I mean, Thanos. So he sent, you know, specifically Nebula with Ronan, just knowing that Ronan would kind of turn on him. You know, maybe that's just, you know, Thanos. Of course, he decides still to just sit on his butt and do nothing, but he's like, still, that's kind of his his blanket 
just to send out and say, all right, well, I'll make sure that, you know, my daughters are with you just in case. Because he, he knows Ronan's going to figure out what I mean, he's what, basically, what he's like, here. empowering, like, this terrorist, essentially, to yeah. be able to accomplish something in exchange for what he wants. So it's basically, like, here's the money to go do your thing. And, yeah. ho- like, go in in your, you know, exploits, just grab me this thing real quick. Like... <laughs> and not tell him about it. Doesn't tell him that there's a power. The power uh, stone is in there. He finds out himself. He finds out. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, because Ronan, obviously, his whole thing was, and and maybe this will get fleshed out in Captain Marvel, is he wants to destroy Xandar. You know, that's his whole thing. You know, as far as with with the Kree and everything, for whatever reason, he's very grumpy <laughs> with Xandar. And obviously, Thanos has promised to help him with that. And in exchange, go get me the orb, you know, and then obviously uh, Ronan finds out that the power stone is in there and he betrays him and just goes to destroy Xandar on his own. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's this is another example, you know, especially coming off off the Winter Soldier. This is setting up the seeds of the cosmic universe for the MCU, because we're obviously are are going to start seeing some recurring characters, you know, come through the way. And, and you touched on, um, Michael Rooker earlier, Yondu, you know, yeah, he was a slime ball, but he was kind of a phony slime ball because he, he would talk tough in front of the Reapers, right? In front of Reaver, <laughs> Reavers, but he actually, he, he cared for, for star Lord, like a son that was his son. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. We obviously that, that gets paid off in volume two, but he was just all talk. He wasn't really going to do anything. And especially to him. at the very he, end, when he, even when he opens up the you know the the orb and he sees the trolls yeah. and all, he just got he has a big smile. He's like, yeah, yeah. I knew it. He's you know, like, yeah, that's my boy. I told him well. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Speaking of uh, just Xandar, I mean, we we get introduced to the Nova Corps uh, in this movie, and do we know? I mean, I know you guys are probably up on it a little bit more than me. In Captain Marvel, are we going to see anything of the Nova Corps in that, or is that Jump. just all been hidden, kind of a mystery? I know there have been rumors about Nova himself possibly yeah. being in it and i've heard i've heard rumors about um well there's obviously people thinking that time travel or you know the alternate dimensions being a part of Endgame, and uh people seem to think that maybe we'll see the attack on xandar in Endgame, okay. and that'll set up nova eventually okay if it comes down to it, like if the if the timeline changes a little bit where Xandar doesn't get that decimated by Thanos, but uh, no real mention of Nova, especially in specifically in uh, yeah, Captain in this, Marvel in this, for sure. Yeah. Um, but we know, do get we will get Ronan and a little bit of Kree background, so yeah, that's exciting. Definitely. Um, and you're just, you're just keeping on the uh, the Nova Corps, of course, this is when we get Glenn Close, and there is Nova Prime, which is kind of awesome to see Glenn Close, you know, Oscar winner <laughs> yeah. Glenn Close in, in Guardians of the Galaxy, which is hilarious. Everybody's um, in the MCU eventually. Yep. And then John C. Riley, who I'll admit, you know, I'm talking about great casting. I love John C. Riley, but to me, he just he doesn't fit in this movie. And maybe that's just because of the baggage I carry of, like, you know, Brule's Rules and, you know, Adult Swim and just everything that John C. Riley <laughs> right, back to right. Boogie Nights. We talked about Boogie Nights before yeah. here. I wanted to show, like, he just, he's a goofball. So, and I know that's kind of the character. I mean, he's not really trying to be goofy or silly in this movie, but it just comes off to me that way. That's the one casting part of this movie. I'm like, I don't know if I would. I mean, I love him being a part of the MCU, but he's one guy that just, I don't know, just, just didn't fit for me. Um, 
in this movie. I don't know. Um, but I would just even just talking about Xandar 2, what do you guys think of the visuals in this movie? I think that's one of the it's things. Great. I mean, you know, when you yeah. go back to the Thor movies and they look, you know, they look good and all that looks great. But man, the cosmic Marvel Cinematic Universe looks incredible. Like every planet is just yeah. so well, well realized. In in Thor, when they leave Asgard, Asgard's amazing and it's beautifully rendered and everything is 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 a like crazy huge and they've got the you know waterfall falling off the edge of the the world but um whenever they go to another planet it's like decimated in thor and it's like what what like is there nothing happening here nothing get a little bit in dark world where you get to see like kind of uh uh what one of the warriors planets he's he's it's lush and it just kind of looks like a like a like grassy planet but in this it's like oh this is so much more you get nowhere in the in uh guardians and it's like really hits home on like there's so much more out there a little hint at the celestials as well and that's where i think this shines it's just like they they went all out they they, i said in last episode they kind of were like we're gonna do a really weird, funny, and crazy beautiful Guardians film, and it works perfectly. Yeah, it works. <laughs> yeah. It absolutely does. Which, which, going to the collector, that was also an important scene because he's the person that gives us the exposition on the Infinity Stones. This was really yeah, yeah. our first time understanding how the Infinity Stones fit into the MCU because he explains it all and lets us know. And then we even see the flashback of one of Celestials actually using the power stone. Yeah. You know, when he, when he's given that backstory. So that, that was pretty important as well. Definitely. Uh, and then of course, when we do see the collector, we get all little nods kind of around that room. Right. You see, I mean, we see Howard yeah. the duck, I think at one point yeah. in there who we will, you know, you see later on in the movie. Um, and then you also see what's, what's the dog's name? Cosmo. I think is he the little, yes. the little dog with the mm-hmm. little, uh, astronaut helmet on. Um, so yeah, so it's just kind of neat. Which I think he's originally from a Nova comic too. Like when the, when they rebooted Nova, I think that the dog was in that. And then of course he, hmm. he he basically takes care of nowhere. I think is what his he's like the security officer or something they, like that. They That's begin hinting. Did, did you mention Adam Warlock or you mentioned? I didn't. Uh, do Howard we get it? Do we get it in this though? The Adam Warlock. It's more volume two. Volume two, right at the end. No, 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 no. You're correct. One yes, of the little is, yes. uh, things has the. Uh, the pod in it and after he uh after it's destroyed you see it like all busted up so you, everybody was like thinking oh adam warlock must have been in there and he's yeah. just you know freed at this point or something else yeah because you're right because that was the easter egg everyone was saying yep it's adam warlock and then james gunn later on said nope it's not and then he obviously set up the proper adam warlock introduction you know origin you know at the end of volume two which completely forget about yeah. like, right now. Like, yeah. But yeah, maybe next one. Next one's going to be coming, man. I mean, you think about just face. now the cosmic, the cosmic, you, you have possible Adam Warlock. You can bring in Nova. Now that Disney I mean, technically or Marvel has the rights with Fox, they can bring in Galactus and the whole yeah. Fantastic Four. Like, they can bring in, there's, there's so much they can do. There's a bit of like a, you know, it's, it's a bummer that James Gunn isn't on guardians three uh anymore but they're gonna use his script apparently still yes Mm -hmm. which is which is good um i don't don't know how they got that uh that set up but um hopefully they bring someone in that can kind of just hit all the same you know notes 
that these other two Guardians films have hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Let's. Let, I mean, let's talk about. We we did talk a little bit about Ronan as the villain, but I mean, what do you guys think? Just overall, because we haven't really just discussed him as the villain in this movie. Oh, and, Lee Pace is one of my my favorite actors, and he does amazing as a villain. You know, like he's a he's he's very scary. Yeah, wasn't <laughs> he? He was the guy in the was it the Hobbit movies? Right? Wasn't he one of the elves? He is and one then, of the uh, the wood elves. The, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not to yep, say he's creepy. Right. I think I think maybe that's that, the best way. He's kind of creepy. Cre- he's creepy. He has that moment in Lord of the Rings where like he gets like hit and like half his face is like really like damaged and old and gross and it's like oh he's he's hiding <laughs> that. Um, but I love his in introduction this one, in this too, man, where he kind of comes out and like you know he comes yep. out of the is it liquid or something he comes out of and he's all colored and they kind of put his dress on him you know his headdress and all that it's just. Great introduction, yeah. I think for sure. And uh, you know, we we obviously we learn the power that he has once he kind of does the turn on Thanos. And um, you know, the end I think is awesome. I love when is it is it Drax that says when Star Lord kind of shoots him like you did it, and he's like all excited, <laughs> and then it's just like nah. He just slowly mm. gets up, turns around like nah, I don't think so. Um, but what do you guys think? Nah. Of him just as a villain. No, I, I, I thought he was fine. Um, he does suffer a little from the villain problem uh, that the MCU was having at that time where they didn't really give you his backstory. We know he's very grumpy at Xandar for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Right? Which, like we said before, hopefully they'll give more backstory to that during well, no, Captain well, Marvel. Well, don't they give the reason? Wasn't there a peace treaty signed between the Kree yeah. and the... Yeah, but we don't know what broke the treaty exactly to the fact that he wants to absolutely destroy the entire planet it's like (laughs) what what happened there but uh yeah like you said lee pace the the actor yeah he he can definitely you know you know ramp up the creepy for sure it's great actor um yeah i I was fine with him at at the time i thought thought it was really good um i'm trying to think what else i mean just in terms of the guardians we haven't really talked about them well, I, I have one scene yeah. that, again, because I, I swear the older I get, the softer I get. <laughs> so when they're on the ship and, you know, it's going to crash into Xandar and Groot makes the sacrifice. We are and Groot. Sa- and says, oh, we are so Groot. Gets, gets me every time. Because yeah. Rocket's like, no, Groot. Why? You're like, again, yeah, he's telling that, him, that, like, that, you're going to die. Yeah, yeah, don't do it. Oh, it's so great. Again, who would have thought that you would care about a talking tree? And a raccoon and it has like one line. Yeah, but then even line. how great is it even when he's crying and he's holding the stick and then even Drax kind of reaches over and just yeah. starts petting him. Like it's just, yeah. oh man, it's so good. Yeah, they, so good. They build what will eventually be like the Guardians family. It's like, it, it feels like it's a, family. a family. Like yes. bickering, exactly. enjoying each other's company, still hanging out all together, like together, even though like they have their moments where they're fighting, but they really do set up that this is a family here and that's why it's so relatable. Yep. yep. They're like the, uh, I don't know, the, a bunch of misfits that just found each other and they're just perfect, perfect little family yeah. going on there. And um, then obviously the, the ending, you know, where, where they take on Ronan and the dance you know, off he, to save. And, the yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and so you know, they're all holding, he's holding the power stone and they all hold it together. And then what is this like? We're the gardens of the galaxy, you know, B word. Yeah. More curse on here. <laughs> oh, it was freaking great, man. Loved it. But it's funny I, uh, too because even it's Ronan that calls him that first, right? He says, yeah. like, these are your guardians of the galaxy. They're all like laying yeah. down hurt. And then, yeah, they totally turn the tables on him, which is fantastic. Uh, all right. Well, and you know what's interesting too? I think, I mean, obviously they had the, the storyboards and the plan as to where this was going to go. But I mean, 
I think Winter Soldier we had at the end, it said Captain America will return in Age in Avengers Age of Ultron. This one just says the Guardians of the Galaxy will return, right? It never yes. tells you when or where, but it's telling you like so right from the get go there was a sequel planned. And and you know, I, I think obviously any anybody that saw the movie and I'm sure even early on when they read the script and that, they were like, This movie is going to be a hit. You know, you could just tell the way the writing and even the confidences as they were promoting the movie. I remember just the trailers and the merchandise and all that coming out as kind of crazy as it seemed with a talking tree and a raccoon. Once you see the movie, it all just makes sense. Like it just they just nailed it on every part. So I think that just the fact that they were going to make a sequel kind of from the very beginning. Um, yeah. Was and uh, evident. It's, a, it's a big one. It, any movie in the MCU where they uh, show you where an infinity stone is it's important yep yeah for sure. very much so and and this was i guess well, it could four be or argue, six yeah this could be heard this was the most infinity stone heavy movie outside of infinity war when yeah. you think about it yeah you know yep. i mean just the ramifications of it and obviously thanos shows up and everything i mean it, like like i said at this point they knew where they were going they they knew they had to. what the fin- the finish yep. line was and where they needed to go because i i think it was right after yeah it was after this because it was before ultron so right after this that's when they had the big mcu roadmap thing in in los angeles at the chinese theater and that's when they said black panther's coming doctor strange is coming infinity war part one and two the the whole thing so at that point they knew everything that they were going to do to where we are right now yeah and i think they set the groundwork too just for even just as an audience being prepared to go to these far off places because that was that to me is one of the most striking things about infinity war is like you're able to be in manhattan you're able to be in nowhere. You're able to be on this planet, you know, on Titan and all these different places. But it all makes sense. And, like, I think this was really the first movie where they were able to say, we can be in all these different places and it's all going to make sense in our universe. And so it was just setting the groundwork for the audience to just be on board for it, you know. And, yeah. and it just plays forward now, moving forward through everything. I mean, you can watch Doctor Strange and it's, yeah, you're in this other dimension. Yeah, it makes sense. It's fine. Because this movie just took it to that next level and it's... It's great. So I, I, I'm not going to say it's my number two, but I'm going to say it's definitely in my top five, maybe top four might be right there. Yeah. It's so good. Top yeah. five again. for sure. Definitely I have a, five. I think at the end I'll kind of do my, how I feel. And then when we finish end game, put them all, put all the pieces together and yeah. kind of see where it all lies at that point. Yep. Because yeah, that would be that... the full story. Seeing the full story, you know, kind of, as start to finish as we you know it can get will be good to uh get a feel for how much this one influenced the rest yep completely Um, agree and i looked it up while while we were talking so at this point disney had acquired star wars but the force awakens was still almost a year and a half away from coming mm -hmm. out so again going back to that time of of august 2014 this was the closest we had been to star wars since you know, yep. since we, you know, um, what was it? Revenge of the Sith. And that was what, 2005 at that point. So it had been a yep. while, you know. And yeah, I mean, to me, the world and just the, the cosmic MCU verse that they're going to be able to do. I mean, this was definitely the start of it. And like you said, just the worlds and everything that they've set up. I mean, I, I'm, I'm excited for more. I mean, it's a shame that volume three is getting delayed. But, you know, they're going to do. um the Eternals is coming. I mean, there's just so many more things that they would be able to do in that cosmic verse. I'm excited mm-hmm. to see it. Definitely. 
Uh, real quick, let's talk about the end credit scene. We kind of hinted at it a little bit earlier. This is where we get Howard the Duck. Yeah. Kind of out of nowhere. I mean, I don't see him being any, showing up anywhere else in the MCU. I think that was more just a nod. Uh, that was kind of interesting. I think no, I heard no. something recently. Yes. Are you kidding mm-hmm. me, really? Yeah. Hulu. Yeah. He's getting a Hulu oh, show. Oh, he's getting a show. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. I did see some a clip about that. Still. Uh, Leah Thompson has to be in it. She's got to, right? She has to be, right? Some kind of cameo. Such a classic. If you if people tune into this, if you haven't seen that, go watch that original Howard the Duck as a kid. It was uh, eye opening. I'm gonna say <laughs> for me being a little was that kid. Jo- that was George Lucas, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yep. <laughs> Man. They they were uh, apparently one of the Russos said that there's there's two two things about Howard the Duck that the Russos have uh, talked. They must love him for some reason because they've talked about him twice. Uh, he survived that snap. In Infinity War. Oh, man. Apparently. And uh, he also was supposed to be in Infinity War uh, in a scene with Star-Lord where he would have uh, interrupted a poker game. Oh, nice. <laughs> funny. And he would have been voiced by Ken Jeong from, uh, I think, Community. The hang- right? Well, he's the guy from The Hangover. You know, and The Hangover, yeah. Yep, that's funny. Wow. All right. Well, there you go. So what do we got up next, guys? What's the the next flick? I know actually this weekend Captain Marvel is coming out. Are we gonna are we gonna jump as uh, we yeah. record this Captain Marvel? Are we gonna do that next week? I feel like week? we should. I think we should too, right? Yeah. We let's do it. Let's, right. let's do it. Spoiler I'm, alert at the front. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm going to go to see it open tonight. I'm gonna it. go at seven PM on Thursday night. Same. Same here. Okay, my kids they actually can, have Friday off from school, and I'm off from work, so we're going Friday around like 11.30, I think our tickets are. So I won't see it Thursday night, but I'm going Friday, so staying spoiler-free. Can't can't be uh, seeing any of that stuff. So next episode, we are talking about Captain Marvel, and we will announce it on that episode, but like Swain said. Pretty appropriate, have, having it is. seen like cosmic. what has yeah. mm-hmm. the cosmic and in Winter Soldier, we which just we talked just about did. Winter Soldier last episode, yep. And that, that's... Sh- should have some uh, repercussions yeah, as well. Yeah, because we'll get the Nick Fury backstory and we'll get Ronan the Accuser's backstory. Mm, there you go. There you go. Ties right in. Flash everybody Perfect. up. <laughs> so, all right, everybody. Well, thank you here for tuning in. Give us your thoughts. Again, send us uh, your emails, mcurewatch at gmail.com or hit us on Twitter at mcurewatch. And until next time, I'll catch you later. Go check out Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel.